Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today, Wendy and I are coming to you from Zimbabwe as we continue our travels in Southern Africa. And a few days ago, we visited the most famous historic site in Zimbabwe, which is called Great Zimbabwe. So it has the same name as the country. Yes, but in fact, it was Great Zimbabwe that came first. And then when the country, which used to be known as Rhodesia, when it was a colony, when it gained its independence, they actually chose the name Zimbabwe because of this very important historical site known as Great Zimbabwe that is part of the country and that the people are very proud of. And so Great Zimbabwe is an archaeological site. It's often referred to as the greatest medieval city in sub-Saharan Africa. I don't really like that designation. Um, just because it's contemporaneous with the European Middle, Middle Ages, it doesn't really make it medieval in and of itself. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, so it's a site which dates from the 13th century uh, through to the 17th century. And in fact, there are a lot of these Zimbabwe's scattered throughout the country and maybe even outside the modern borders of Zimbabwe mm -hmm. where this culture had influence. But this particular one, Great Zimbabwe, is the biggest and the most famous of them. And so it functioned, I guess, as a sort of capital uh, and the influence then spread further around the country and beyond. Right, because the word Zimbabwe actually means great stone house or something to that effect. And so Great Zimbabwe was the great, great stone house. But yes, there were smaller ones that were built, yeah, not just inside the borders of the current country of Zimbabwe, but also in Mozambique and I believe Botswana and other neighboring countries as well. It was part of a whole empire. Uh, that was controlled by the same tribe. And so when you go today, there are a few things to visit. There are two main areas of the site. One is called the Great Enclosure, which is this oval or circular walled section within other buildings inside it. And the other is a hilltop area uh, where there are walls and buildings that are together with a lot of stones and boulders that are on top of the hill. And so it's a very atmospheric site. And I, I really liked it. Um, mm. And I think for a few different reasons. I think there was a lot of discovery about it for mm -hmm. us and for a few reasons as well. And the first is that we didn't really have any idea what the site looked like before we went to it. No. And I know that that's something that you try to do. You always try to avoid seeing photographs of places before you visit them. Um, and I'm not as uh, conscientious about that as you are. So I usually have seen a photo at some point of a place before I visit it, especially really famous places, you know, like the pyramids of Egypt or the Eiffel Tower or the Colosseum in Rome. You know, almost everyone knows what these places look like. But Great Zimbabwe, I'd never seen a photo of before. And, you know, even... Sometimes if you're trying to avoid photographs, it can be really difficult because once you arrive in a country, then, you know, everywhere you go, you have these photos on the walls and the hotels and, you know, they're trying to promote these places that they're very proud of. But we hadn't been in Zimbabwe for very long before going to Great Zimbabwe. We had only been to Harare, to the capital. And so, yeah, we managed never to see a photograph and I really had no idea what to expect. So that was really fun to walk in and it'd be completely 
completely unknown. Yeah, and I think even when we walked in, it's also a site that reveals itself gradually in stages, and that was another part of the discovery. So you mentioned the pyramids, which I think is a good example. I mean, firstly, the pyramids is a much greater uh, and more impressive site than Great Zimbabwe. But, yeah, like you said, everybody knows what the pyramids looks like, look like, and... You know, when you go in, you see them from afar, and then you kind of get closer and closer, and they become more and more impressive, but it's a, it's a, a kind of gradual thing. Um, but in Great Zimbabwe, it's not like that. So, for example, in the Great Enclosure, you have these walls that are quite high. I, I'm guessing now, but I would say at least five, six meters high, probably higher, maybe eight to ten meters high. And so you have no idea what's inside. And the wall goes, it's a complete wall the entire way around. And so you go through this one entrance and then you're, and then you're inside. And then suddenly you see this tower and you see these other walls. And from the outside, you have no idea what, what's awaiting you on the inside. And so that was cool as well. I felt like, you know, we made these little discoveries step by step as we were going. Mm -hmm. And also when we walked into that great enclosure, we were the only ones there. And so that was really special too, because I kind of felt like we were, you know, explorers, and we were discovering it for the first time. Right, because the site is in the bush, mm -hmm. um, and there's no city or town that's near it, really. And so, yes, you can have this, um, you know, this, this little myth that you're the first people to discover it or, or, or something like that. It really is one of those places that feels like that, an Indiana Jones type of archaeological site. Um, shortly after we entered the Great Enclosure, though, there was a, a local school group mm -hmm. that we encountered. They were very friendly. They were very polite. Um, <laughs> A lot of them, at least 20 of them, said good afternoon to me. Um, mm. Some of the boys took off their hats as they did so. <laughs> and it was quite funny. There was just this procession of them, and they just all kept saying good afternoon, good afternoon. And so then I, their teacher was at the end, and I, I told her that the students were very polite. And mm. so she was happy about that. Um, but it's very interesting. In this great enclosure, there's a, an interior wall and a very narrow passage between the exterior wall and the interior wall. And so you can barely fit through. Mm -hmm. And if you have a bag or backpack, it's quite hard to get through. It's really that narrow. And the other interesting thing was it was very cool in mm -hmm. that one section because you had mm -hmm. the stone walls on either side. And it was quite a hot afternoon, um, but it was it was very cool in that one section. So that was a nice little bonus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was very noticeable, the drop in the temperature as soon as we walked in between those two walls. And so then after visiting the Great Enclosure, we went to this other major complex of Great Zimbabwe, which is up on the hill. So you have to climb up some steps. They gave you two ways or three ways, actually, an ancient path, a modern path and a terraced path. Mm -hmm. So we took the ancient path. And so we were walking up these stone steps. And even as you were walking up, um, there were some walls on, on either side. And again, from the bottom of the hill, you look up. And you can see some walls in among the, the much larger boulders and rocks, but that's it. You don't really know what's up there. And you think, okay, maybe we just go up and see one wall and then come back. But then once you get up to the top, you again, you go inside uh, a gateway through the wall and then it just opens up and then there are these different rooms and these different stairs and, and, and lots of different sections. And so mm -hmm. that was, again, a, a nice discovery for us. Yeah, and I really loved how, particularly in that part, in the hill enclosure, the, the walls and all of the man-made parts really integrated so well with the natural landscape and because you had these very large boulders and 
Yeah, the walls were also curved, and they seemed to kind of follow the the lines, the contours of of the boulders and the other natural rock that they were next to, and I thought it was really beautiful. Yeah, you can really imagine there was one room in particular, which I think was a kind of ceremonial room, and that's where there was a wall on one side, and then these great big boulders, which were much higher than the wall on the other side, and you can see how the spiritual aspect of the place would have been important to the people who were living there at that time. And there are also a lot of birds who fly between the boulders, and I think that some of these would have been sacred birds and, uh, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so it was really great to be up there. Unfortunately, it started raining it did. <laughs> just as we were about to leave, and it was the beginning of the rainy season. Yeah, yeah, we'll see uh, as we continue our trip uh, whether the rains have really come in full force or whether that was just kind of an anomaly. Um, but yeah, the wind really picked up while we were up there. It started blowing a really strong wind, and it was just drizzling rain, but not really raining very hard until we started walking down, and then it really started raining hard. And we actually came back the next morning because they told us that we could come back uh, using our same ticket and we thought okay we've got one more chance to see it uh, when it's sunny because we hadn't really seen it in the sun yet but unfortunately it rained the next morning as well while we were there so it wasn't great weather but I thought it was still very atmospheric and uh, a highlight of the trip for me so far. Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.